at the time of recording this, and you will 100% know by now, unless you've been living under a rock, Queen Elizabeth II has died. Whatever your thoughts are on the monarchy, whatever your political stance is, just remember, at the end of the day, the royal family is a family, and they are mourning a loss. Take this time to hold compassion for them and their friends, and for yourself and for other people in this nation and around the world that are deeply affected by this. Remove any political bias and try to separate this from all of the conversation that is going to be happening over possibly the next, well, I imagine we're going to be talking about this for years. A family has lost a loved one and they are going through grief and take this moment to think about those and others that are also waking up to the news of someone that they have lost and hold compassion for them and be there for them. You may be waking up yourself to an anniversary of someone that may have passed or it could be super fresh and you may have recently received the news today or this week or this month. Whatever your situation is, just remember we all have a choice to be kind to ourselves and others. Intro. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Graham Callis Karma Car Projects podcast, episode 23. 23, guys. And actually, it's really funny that it is the episode 23 today, because I have got something incredible to tell you. I received some news this week, uh, some shocking news, but really good news. <laughs> um, I don't want to give away too much at the moment. I'll tell you about this later. And this shocking news actually involved my niece, Maisie. She had some news. And she turned 23 last week on the 4th of September. As you guys know, I like to do birthday messages um, to celebrities on this podcast. And some of you also may know that I sing happy birthday to every single person every day on my personal Facebook friends list. Now, I don't want to tell you too much just yet. I will tell you about this later. But let's just say <laughs> the news that I received was like out of a movie or an episode on EastEnders or your favourite soap opera. It's pretty cray cray. So this week, guys, it's going to be a double birthday episode, and I'm going to have to change the format slightly. I normally leave the, I normally leave the celebrity birthday until halfway through the podcast, and then we discuss the Karma Card Project. Um, so if you're new to this podcast, this won't affect you. So welcome, hello, and for the regular listeners, yeah, I am going to be doing the celebrity birthday right now. And then don't worry, we'll then crack on with the content that you came for that you may have seen in the catchy title that I used for episode 23. That content is going to be all about my amazing new friend and artist Brock McLeod who I had an amazing conversation with and yeah it's really interesting and also it does highlight and raise some awareness uh, for prostate cancer and that is something that has been on my mind the last couple of weeks after losing my dear friend Jay to cancer. I want to try and do my best as possible to raise awareness for people which might be in a situation that they're scared and need some advice and yeah Brock has some amazing things to talk about and to tell you and to hopefully help you as well and of course yes we discuss his personal journey of recovery with cancer and as an addict of crystal meth 
and we discuss a little bit about his journey from recovery from that too. And not to mention, he is an incredible artist too, where we talk about his artwork and his process, and uh, he also gives me some advice as well, which is which was a nice little bonus. musical clue that one was really tricky to record guys um if you're new to the podcast uh, i've been adding this in to the podcast recently because i've been inspired and unlocked creatively and unlocked musically again um it's something which i'm really enjoying actually a little journey so you get to hear my little music production as i go and that one was tricky and just so you know as well i'm only using my video editor app Final Cut Pro, if you must know which app I'm using, to make these little covers. And yeah, it's, it's, it's very limiting and very challenging, but I'm enjoying it so much. Uh, yeah, and sorry guys, the regular listeners, no trombone this week. Possibly next week, we'll see. <laughs> and I don't always do the musical thing, it's just, uh, you know, if I'm in flow and I feel like, yeah, I'll, I'll add, add a little clue in. But anyway, I'm waffling. Um, so... Today's celebrity birthday. Some of you may have an idea who it is already. That was one of her songs. Born on September the 14th, 1983. One year younger than me. 
This artist musician is a five-time Grammy Award winner and soul singer icon whose album Back to Black became the best-selling album of the 21st century in the UK. Before fame, she got her first guitar when she was 14 years old, and the following year she began writing her own music. She released the autobiographical song Rehab in 2006 and won the Ivan Novello Award for Best Contemporary Song for Stronger Than Me. Now, unfortunately, on July 23rd, 23, let 23 just come up again, guys. Um, 2011, age 27, unfortunately, she died of alcohol poisoning at her home in Camden, London, which was a very, very sad day for the music industry. We lost an incredible talent. And if you haven't already guessed it, of course, today's birthday would have been the amazing Amy Winehouse. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Amy Winehouse. Happy birthday. birthday Amy Winehouse. Thank you ever so much for your amazing contribution into this world with your musical art and talent. I hope wherever you are right now you're having a musical day and singing with the angels. And I hope your day is full of love, hugs, happiness and cake. Apologies if it's a bit windy. I'm trying to shield the wind. Nah, it's not going to work, is it? I don't know. I can't hear what you're hearing. Um, yeah, I'm walking to Bonjour Cafe on the seafront of St. Leonard's. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be interviewing. I think that's better, isn't it? There's no wind now. It's okay. We might get a gust every now and then, but I am doing my best to... There's another gust. I'm doing my best to shield it, so... Anyway, yeah, I'm on my way to Bonjour Cafe in Hastings. I'm interviewing a very interesting chap today called Brock McLeod. Um, he is an artist who restores, he restores miniatures. So you know those little pendants that you see, like Victorian pendants, so you open them up and there's a beautiful, intricate little painting in there, which someone has ha actually hand-painted in the Victorian times. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm assuming Victorian. I, I want to find out. I don't know anything about it, really. I haven't really done my research either, which is a bit bad. But I am heading to the cafe a little bit earlier just to set up and do a last-minute sort of find out who the hell he is <laughs> um well over the years these miniatures oh there's a gust of wind that's going to be really noisy isn't it <laughs> do you know what i think i might yeah see you in the cafe talk to you then right change of plans i was going to um bonjour cafe but it seems like they're having a party in there <laughs> so i've not got the balance of Ambient cafe and uh, and uh, peace and quiet <laughs> that I needed. 
So yeah, I'm just setting up in another cafe called Heist. And yeah, I'm pretty, pretty certain that we've nailed the ambience here. Every now and then you might hear a little coffee, coffee grinder going. And also I forgot my microphone for my laptop, which was annoying, but never fear. I have my phone and I have my portable mic. Things that happen, hey, when you're in a rush. All right, okay, we've got to, I'll do a little bit of research before Brock gets here. Brock McLeod, thank you very much for chatting with me today. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, so, Brock, tell, mm. tell the listeners firstly who Brock, Brock McLeod is right now. Well, right now I'm uh, set, approaching 70. I retired, I live with my husband in St. Leonard's and um, doing everything that retired people do, which is basically sweet Ed, Fanny Adams. Um, and uh, enjoying life. Nice. And yes, yeah, so, what, so, um, so you're retired, but mm-hmm. you, uh, you. I have a little business on the side which is restoring miniature portraits. Amazing. And that's, yeah, that's kind of like we, what we wanted to, to find out about today. Cause I did, uh, oh, is that what you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay, yeah well, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like we, talk about, we talk about anything. It's like, <laughs> it's, that's a great thing about podcasting. It's, uh, it's long form interview, long form conversation. And like, that's what it's the beauty about podcasting nowadays. Yeah. Like you get to basically sit in the living room with someone and hear someone have a conversation rather than having like a, a TV commissioner or a radio commissioner saying, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that, you have to talk about this, that's going to give you ratings, but whatever, we can talk yeah. about whatever we want. We're so. not going to do the Tory twist here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, so, yeah, so the, yeah, the miniatures, I was actually just talking about the miniatures on my intro, and I, what, I, what I wanted to say as well, like I've come into this interview, well, conversation, podcast, as a blank canvas, like I, I've been very bad because I've been so busy this week as well. You know what it's like. Yes. Uh, life gets on top of you, and I, and I haven't been able to research you. So oh, <laughs> you wouldn't have found a hell of a lot. Oh, of really? Okay, no. Mysterious. <laughs> okay, cool. A lot of it's uh, uh, my early life uh, was so early that it's, it's um, just disappeared into the ether. Okay. Um, but you know, um, uh, people in, who are interested in miniature portraits portraits might know me um, because I restore I had people coming uh, asking me to do work and they send paintings from Canada from all over the place yeah and um, I restore them to the best of my ability and send them back um, there uh, it's something I've taught myself I initially what happened was I was at a loss of what to do. Well, before before mm. you go into that just can you explain to the listeners as if obviously they can't see so we need to be as like like uh, descriptive as possible what what the hell do you do okay. <laughs> well, the a, a miniature portrait is exactly that it's a portrait uh, uh, painted onto um, a smooth surface now these vary from uh, ivory which is now banned but you can get permissible and uh, the government has now put in place legislation so you have to apply for a permit and the, the piece that you're selling has to be older than 1914 after 1914, it's too modern. Um, and there was a replacement for ivory, so presumably it would have been painted on the replacement of faux ivory. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-1914, anything goes, but you have to register with the government. Um, it costs 20 quid per piece that you sell, um, and it's fairly easy to do. Um, it does ask you how, how do you know that the piece is uh, of a certain age. 
because I, I've done it for so many years, you, you know when it was painted. I know the artist by and large, yeah. and I can date them. So uh, the very early ones were painted on vellum, you know, sort of uh, Queen Elizabeth I, that sort of thing. And then they were painted on playing cards because the card surfaces became very smooth when people played with them. Yeah. And the backs didn't have a, an image of um, the, the card. It was just the one side that had the, the info. Then, uh, after that, it was painted on metal. And after that, ivory, and now uh, imitation ivory. Yeah. Um, so, uh, normally a, a portrait would be two or three inches in size. Uh, they, wow. they can be framed in, in very, very expensive. They were called jewels originally because they were framed in jewels. The, the, the mounts were covered with rubies, they had a little clasp that folded over and that would have a huge cabbage on emerald or whatever on the front. And they were sent by kings and queens to uh, perhaps the betrothed of one of their, their children. So if, if for example, uh, Elizabeth um, was, had a child, she would have sent an image of her child to say the Spanish because they were trying to uh, sort things out between them and they were fighting at the time, so she might have tried to sort it out that way, sent an image over, and they would see this painting of this absolutely beautiful girl, who in reality was probably pretty ordinary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you, you couldn't paint somebody looking pretty ordinary if it was the, the Princess of England. Yeah, well, know. I mean, like everyone's doing that on their Instagram accounts nowadays anyway. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. There was it a young was... girl that I looked at, who I know, and I thought, gosh, I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, changed so much. But that's what they did in those days. Yeah. And they, um, then after that, um, certain artists became famous for certain stuff. Oh, we got our coffees. Oh, Here we go. This is what I like to do as well. I like, thanks, man. Cheers. Thank like a little cheers. cheers. And then, um, oh, here we go. So the ambience of the. Mmm. And it tastes really good. <laughs> there we go. It's all about the noises in the podcast. Well, I got that. And I'm sure that the, um, there's a lot of the people that I listen to whenever I make noises, they're not that fond of them. <laughs> but it's all good. Yeah. Here you go. A little bit more. Okay. Ah, where were we before I rudely interrupted um, you with the ASMR? Yeah, they were, what they were mounted on, so they were mounted in different frames. Um, and then you, you got artists that became known for certain styles. So you liked the way he depicted a person, you would go to that artist because you know you would end up looking similar to the previous person you've seen. And so um, in reality, they didn't look a lot of them didn't look like the image that was painted on them because they, they wanted a certain style or a certain colour or whatever. Okay. Um, and uh, I got into it surely uh, by, by chance. Um, I was um, at a, a, an auction house in, in Lewis, saw one, thought, hmm, that's pretty. It had damage on it. Mm -hmm. Picked it up, took it home, thought, don't like the damage, I'm going to try and restore it. Um, so, um, yeah, tried to restore it, and I did. And somehow, because I'd restored it, it was no longer appealing to me because it wasn't original. Okay. And that is odd. Yeah? Um, yeah, because, I mean, I'd made it perfect again, um, as perfect as it could be, yeah. given that it'd been damaged, you know. Um, anyway. Put it back into auction, and I made a hundred pounds profit. And I thought, ah, there ah, we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, now I must say that I, um, I was taught art from the age of seven 
Oh, yeah, I was about to ask that, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, what is your sort of art history? Well, as I said, uh, at the age of seven, um, I was very ill. So quite often I was left at home. Um, my mother had to go out to work, and we had neighbours who I would go and stay with, and they were an elderly couple. And they'd give me a magazine, and they'd say, draw that picture, and invariably it would be a pretty woman, you know, from yeah. a magazine photograph, and I'd copy her. And so I became more and more proficient at drawing certain styles. And then I was given books on how to draw this, how to draw that, how to paint in a Chinese fashion. And I consumed all these. And at the age of seven, my mum took my portfolio. We were living in Port Elizabeth in South Africa. Um, she took it to the... PE, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. Have you? Yeah, huh? yeah. I, um, <laughs> Windy was, City, it's called. Yeah, and I, I just I remember we were going to... It, it was rainy the time I went, and we were going to go sand dune boarding. Oh, there's a it huge didn't sand happen. dune. Yeah, enormous <laughs> yeah. sand dune. Anyway, we'll get on to that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, she took it to the, the professor. He liked the portfolio to the extent that he thought I should go to a class. Uh, given by the university for gifted Oh, students. wow, okay. So at seven months, A little bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it is. So uh, they, they were, the, the problem was they were 14, 15-year-olds and I was seven. Yeah. And I, I didn't really enjoy mixing with them. Of so course. I didn't stay very long. Of course, long, yeah. You know? like you're like basically hanging out with loads of old smelly adults. Exactly that. Yeah. And, and they were really nice. But yeah. you, 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 you just... But when you're seven, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you want to hang out. Way too different. Yeah. Um, I went home. And then, um, obviously, uh, later on in life, we went to university, did art, um, worked in advertising agencies, which I did for most of my life. Um, started off as a visualizer, which was before computers. Um, every, a visualizer? Yes. Every advert had to be drawn. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. And so you were doing an advert somebody for somebody, a company, and you'd produce three or four versions of that advert in different images and different layouts and then they were all hand drawn. The, the writing was put in by hand, it wasn't written and it was just indicated and so they had a visual of what that looked like and that was my job and used magic markers to produce them yeah. and they were presented. And then gradually of course computers came in and that died out, by which time I was manager and I was saying to them, do that, do that, do yeah, that. Yeah. So I never learned how to do it on the computer. Uh, just back to the miniatures as well. So mm. you say you restore them. So do you actually do some of the intricate painting on them as well? As like oh yes, that's, like, that's so what the restoration is. And you have to like kind of, I suppose, sort of. Do you have any like? Are there any old pictures you can reference to to figure out what that piece is missing is, or do you have to do some detective work? Or um, by and large, what happens is a miniature portrait is covered by a convex lens, and that is so that the water that will condense on the inside of the lens over time, as that sometimes happens, will run to the edge of the painting and destroy the edge of the painting. So, in most instances, the face is there, most of the hair is there, and it's damaged perhaps um, a shoulder or a bit of the background, a bit of the hair and a bit of the face in the worst case scenario. But what does happen, it's the, the paint stains the ivory very, very likely, and you can see what was there before. So if you carefully work it slowly backwards, you can replace everything. Ah. And what I like to do is, for example, there, there's an artist called uh, George Engelhardt. George Engelhardt. George Engelhardt. Who produces the most beautiful work, and um, very stylized, and, but he draws it in black first. 
So his work is easy to copy because you can draw it in black first and you put in the shading in black hatching and then you put a layer of colour on top in a light wash once it's dry and you get the same effect. You can restore that painting almost perfectly. There's so you love it when you get one of its pieces. You're like, yeah, yes, if, this is if, good. If I do, yeah. they're very, very, they're so sought after that they probably go to somebody like the V&A will restore them. Who are you, sorry? The Victorian Albert Museum. Oh, London. wow, okay. So, so if you come across one of those, is it like cha-ching? Yes. <laughs> and how much? How much are we talking like for it one depends. of these kind of I mean, um, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to pry into. No, what no, you... no. I mean, if, if you were buying a perfect piece, um, and it was a pretty lady, because it, obviously the, t the subject depends. It depends on yeah. the subject. So um, officers in uniform, because they're bright reds and, and golds, they're far more attractive than say somebody wearing a black jacket. Um, and likewise, a woman with a pretty dress on and she's a beautiful young woman, she will command a higher price than say a middle-aged or an elderly person. Okay. But for George Englehart, they can go for between, if you're lucky, you can get them for a grand and a half, but they can go up to 10, 12, 15,000 um, for a really good piece. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, they're all, there's sort of snob value attached to it. A lot of yeah. people won't buy if they've seen something on eBay. Okay. Why is that? It's not that easy. Really? Yeah. If they see it on eBay, yeah. they won't? Yeah, yeah, they won't buy it. So, you, so, so you, are you careful where you put yours for sale? I have various levels of art. So I have my own website, mm. and um, which has been built at the moment. And what is your website? Tell the listeners. It's uh, McLeod and uh, Baker Miniature Portraits. I had to think there for a moment. McLeod and, and Baker Miniature Portraits dot com. Dot com. And I've just I'll put the link in the show notes as well, guys, so you can go and check it out. Well, it's not open just yet. Oh, Give me a few weeks. Okay, cool. Well, I'll <laughs> um, put it in the, in the show notes. Just keep checking. <laughs> it, 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 it was. It was up. But I now have to go back to every painting that's there, because I'm selling it, and pay £20 for each one. So if you've got 300 paintings times £20, you're looking at six grand just to and, sell and that's them. for the permission because that's of the ivory. ivory. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've had to stop and take down a lot of my stuff and just yeah. leave what I can afford to at the moment pay for, yeah. um, you know. Wow, okay, amazing. Um, okay, so, what, tell me about your experience of Hastings in the art scene. That's something, I, I, I mean, I'm quite interested because I, I've... I'm a new artist, as mm. I told you before, and you, uh, I've seen yeah, your work. Very you've seen well. work. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you know, I've <laughs> said that before. I thought you should, you really should have an exhibition. Oh, amazing! Thank you. Well, uh, if anyone's out there listening and uh, you want to put me in your windows, I'll be keen. <laughs> but yeah, um, where was I? Oh, I, I I'm bashful now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm an, I'm new to the art scene, and like I'm I'm finding it quite difficult actually trying to like figure it out. Um, so, I mean, how how is the art scene here? Like, what is, what well, is your it, take it's on very, it? Very, very eclectic. There are upwards of a thousand artists in the Hastings area. So that includes Rye, um, Fairlight, that sort of thing. Um, every year, there's a huge exhibition whereby they have open houses and whoever decides to can have an open house and exhibit their art. And that was this last weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, I went along to see a chap called Robin, actually. That was really nice. Um, and the, the quality varies. Um, some of it, I think, is amazing, really world-class. Others, 
interesting. You know, they put the other classification. Um, we won't say you know, any names. No, no. Yeah. You know, and it's horses for courses because what I think is is not uh, as interesting because yeah. I like fine art and because I'm classically yeah. trained. I, I like a certain type of art. Now there are people well, who, who don't like that. Exactly. Yeah. It, oh, it's subjective, isn't it? So, of like, course. what is you know, like, what is shit to you could be amazing to someone else, and exactly vice that. versa. And, yeah. Yeah, it's like music. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. as varied as it can be. Of course. Art's exactly the same, and that we're fortunate in that we have so many different types of people, different types of artists, and the opportunity to to go and experience it and to educate yourself. Really. Yeah. Um, but. It's not only artists, they're musicians, they're uh, people who work in theatre, film. Mm -hmm. It's an incredibly creative environment. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, my darling little niece Maisie. We're hitting on. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Maisie Whittington. I hope you're well and I hope your day is full of love hugs, happiness, and care. Okay, guys, thank you so much. We've made it to the halfway point. Uh, this is going to be a much longer podcast than usual. We still have the rest of Brock McLeod's interview as well. And uh, yes, in that section, he will be talking about drug addiction and his journey through prostate cancer. So just a little bit of a trigger warning there, I guess. So um, that little clip of me singing Happy Birthday just then was the birthday song that I sent to my niece on her birthday uh, last week. Um, and she just turned 23 years old. And like I said, I like to sing happy birthday to all of my Facebook contacts, friends and families uh, every day. It's, it's like a little ritual. I've been doing it for the last two years and I absolutely love doing it. It's really nice and get a lot of nice response, actually. And it's just a nice thing to do for someone. But, okay, so the news that I received from, from my mum, actually. My mum called me up and said, Graham, I've got some, I've got some shocking news for you. And I was like, oh no, what's going on here? Uh, and she goes, it's not bad news, it's just shocking. I'm like, okay. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know, really know how to say this. <laughs> My niece was celebrating her birthday like any normal day. And she had been suffering some stomach problems for the last, I think, a couple of months. And, um, yeah, she didn't know what it was. And now, what I'm about to tell you now is actually a lot more common than you think. I believe it happens to one in 2,500 women, uh, which is actually statistically quite a lot. Um, but Maisie went home and she wasn't feeling too great. And then she started getting pains in her stomach. She was by herself in her bedroom. And then all of a sudden she said she just needed to push. And that is when she gave birth to her son, my great nephew, Josiah Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, 
a lot to take in. Like, I was not expecting that. My mum said to me, you know, like that time when we told you years ago that you were going to be an uncle? Um, I was like, I, I had no idea what she was going to say. I said, I'm, I'm going to be an uncle. I'm, I'm going to be an uncle again. She said, you're not going to be an uncle. You are an uncle again. And she said, Maisie's just given birth. And she didn't know she was pregnant. Wow. I can't begin to tell you what was going through my mind and what would be going through Maisie's mind. Um, I haven't seen the baby yet. Uh, it's still fresh news, but Maisie has been so strong and amazing. So she gave birth to her son on her birthday. What are the odds of that? And yeah, uh, so she she immediately called my other niece, Billy, her younger sister, who lives just down the road, and said, Billy, you have to come now. I've just had a baby. And Billy ran to the house, like ran to the house. And sure enough, she walks into the room with Maisie holding Josiah in her arms. And yeah, they called the ambulance. Billy cut the cord, which is a beautiful part of the story, I think. And yeah, Maisie has just been thrown into motherhood without realising. And I'm now a great uncle. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a bit of a mad week. <laughs> um, but I am delighted to tell you all, and Maisie has given me permission to tell you, because she has now also told all of her friends on social media and she's now currently getting bombarded by messages and messages and messages and yeah so that is uh that is what happened so what i want to do now is something that is something that slipped my mind uh on the day i i didn't do a birthday message to josiah well we didn't know his name until the next day anyway um but little josiah lucas if you're listening to this and you're old enough and you've gone back through my back catalogue and you've listened to all of Uncle Graham's podcasts, then this is your first birthday song. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear little great nephew, Josiah Lucas. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Josiah Lucas. I hope you're well. And I hope your day is full of lots of love, hugs, happiness and... Maisie's milk. <laughs> another thing that another thing that really tickled me last night. I was speaking to Maisie on WhatsApp, and uh, she told me that when I sent her her birthday song, she was having a contraction. <laughs> she said she she looked at the phone, didn't really even actually really look at the video properly, but just replied. She replied to me saying thanks. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, you are an absolute legend. You are an absolute legend, Maisie. And Josiah Lucas, I cannot wait to meet you, my little dude. Okay, I am aware that this is a longer, longer than usual podcast, so I'll keep this next section very short and precise. Uh, but basically, if you like what you're hearing and you're enjoying your, this podcast, please consider, please consider supporting me as an artist who creates this podcast as a full-time job. I have an initiative which I've called the Karma Card Project, which I've set up through my Patreon account. Now, if you want to help me do what I do for a living, and then and you are enjoying this podcast and it's giving you some solace and some entertainment, you're, it's helping you out in any way, um, please consider paying me to do what I do by donating to my Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash Art and make a small monthly pledge to help me keep doing this. And in return you will receive my art, which is the Karma Card Project. I send six of my paintings in greetings card format to the people that sponsor me once a month, every six months. They are blank inside and the idea is that you can write a little letter of love to someone that might be struggling with their mental health or just someone you want to send a bit of encouragement to. Maybe they've had a baby, they haven't realised they're having a baby. That'd be a good one to send one. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that would really mean the world to me. And I would love for you to subscribe to my Karma Cards. So that's the Karma Card Project on patreon.com forward slash Art. Leave me a small pledge, the same price as a pint, less than a pint nowadays actually, or like the price of a cup of coffee once a month. And every six months I will send you these cards, different designs every six months, and you can then help participate in spreading positivity and love around the world. And the money goes into the podcast, it pays me a wage to do it. it I do the whole thing guys I don't have any other help doing this and I want it to grow as well I want to be able to push this further afield and right now I am scraping the bottom of the barrel doing it but I love doing it so I'm not going to stop and yes I know it's a cost of living crisis and and I am losing people at the moment because of that and so if you can afford it please consider coming on even if it's only for a few months to receive one pack of cards uh, that would mean the world to me so yeah the link will be in the show notes patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash graham cullis art make a pledge today thank you and of course other ways you can help support the podcast is by sharing it word of mouth that is really really helpful yeah so if you know anyone that would benefit from this podcast episode or my previous ones and would enjoy listening to it please send it to them because uh, I need more listeners as well that would be amazing I want to get this message wide and far and lastly join my mailing list it's in the show notes as well and I will give you a free gift from my Etsy for doing that so why not that doesn't cost you anything right I think we should possibly get back to the interview with uh, Brock McLeod what do you think Okay, well, there's something else also I wanted to bring up as well, because um, obviously I, I remember when I, I, I bumped into you the other day and we had a conversation about um, us having a chat, and we were talking about my friend Jay, who passed away recently, oh, um, and yeah, I, so, and you said that you would you kind of like advocate for male prostate uh, prostatectomy, is it? Prostate- prostatectomy. Prostatectomy, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, um, and like, obviously like, since me talking about that on the podcast uh, and even myself you know like because my dad's um, been affected by this as well mm. like I think it's really important because it's sort of like it, it puts sort of like ideas into you I was, I was with my friend the other day 
and, and we were talking about this and it's like it makes you wonder what you're carrying around and um, so yeah I would, I'd kind of like to just um, hear your story about okay. this well um, I think like most people certainly men of a certain age when you hit your late 50s um, you start to wonder whether this is going to affect you because it, you're told that if you live long enough you will every male will get prostate cancer mm-hmm. so um, and that's not what will kill you no no not necessarily yeah it's just because yeah, uh, it as, as we go through I'll explain but um, the uh, the fact is that you start to notice things you know, when you're passing urine it, it, the flow is slower um, and you need to get up more at night and these are all indications that your prostate is perhaps getting enlarged not necessarily the case but indications that it could be happening so um, I went, um, <laughs> uh, and the side is that I used to be a drug addict, and I used to take crystal meth. Um, and I was high on meth just before um, we had the uh, lockdown, and I ended up in any. Oh wow, so this is recently? Yeah, um, I, uh, three times. Uh, I, uh, it got out of control. I'd been doing it for 23 years. Nobody knew. I'd run businesses. I was functioning. Yeah. I was a, a recreational user. Maybe yeah. three times a year, four times a year. That was all. Just, just using it for three or four times a year? Yeah. yeah. But, wow. but slamming, which means oh, injecting. Right. Okay. So I was like, you know, um, and it was, uh, I kept it under control. But what happened was, just as lockdown approached, I started getting out of control, abusing it. Yeah. And within three months, I was in A&E three times. And um, what had happened what, on one occasion was my testicles were swollen, and I couldn't pass urine. So um, I uh, ended up um, having to go to A&E, and they, <laughs> the doctor was going to touch me down there, and I said, don't. And he tried, and I said, don't touch them. And he said, I've got to. I said, I'm going to break your effing fingers if you do. Yeah. So they put me onto morphine. And then he examined me and they found out that um, there was a shadow there. That meant that they then did a finger test. And as far as the finger test was concerned, everything felt fine. However, they followed it up with what's called a PSA test. PSA? I don't know what it stands for. Prostate something something. And... Um, it's a blood test, very easy, but um, it, it, it registers the level of cancer in your blood. And it should be zero to three at the age that I am, which is 70. And mine was 21. Wow, okay. So I was quite high. And um, what happened was, they then called me in very quickly and did another test, and it had dropped down to 15. And the doctor said, we're going to do uh, prostate. Uh, we're Drop, going to go. Dropped out. Is it, does that happen? The, the, well, it, 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 if, if I'm being blatant, if you have sex just before you have the test, that can push the figure up. Okay. Okay. So it's all to do with blood and hormones and the sort. Anyway, so they then decided that they were going to take uh, do a biopsy. I was t- went to Eastbourne Hospital. You're on your back, your legs in two stirrups. Very undignified. Um, two nurses um, and they put needles all around your hole um, and they put anaesthetic in 
and then they put a, a, a device up here which then widens it up and they start to cut pieces out of the inside. But they've numbed it. it it's undignified yeah. more than hurt. Yeah, sure. Um, and they took um, 20 samples. The result was that I had cancer. Yeah. Um, but as far as they could tell, it was still contained within my prostate, which is very good. Now, had I not been on the crystal meth, nobody would have looked yeah, at it. right. So, in a way, yeah. Yeah. In a, way that, in a way, the crystal meth saved your life? In a way. Um, however, yeah. I, um, I stopped it completely. Yeah. Because they said to me, we're going to have to operate. If you're on it you will not go under, you can't anaesthetize you, you will die. A combination of the anaesthetic and the crystal meth, the residual crystal meth, yeah. which really science type. And I went through withdrawal, mm -hmm. um, and it was terrible. But um, I've managed it, and well I had the uh, operation. The operation was scary because you don't know what to expect. I spoke to the surgeon um, when I went back to have my checkup, my first checkup, and I said, what are the chances of me developing cancer again? And he said, 13 to 15%. So that's an average of 14% uh, that I might develop cancer, which in fact means there's an 86% chance that I won't. Yeah, okay. Okay, so looking at it positively, which yeah. is, I'm a positive person, I've got a really good chance of not developing cancer again. I'm 70. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to live. I could give myself a heart, heart attack in the gym tomorrow and die. But I'm going to die looking good. <laughs> there we go. Um, right, so what would advice would you give someone um, who's worried? Well, well first of all, I think uh, it's such a huge topic that perhaps uh, it would good, be good if, if, if somebody could contact me because it, everybody is different. Um, every cancer is different. There, there are 10 levels of cancer that you can get. Um, the size of the cancer, the placement of the cancer, um, you know, what they can offer you, what they can't offer you. Um, I would suggest that, first of all, if you're over 55, you consider asking your doctor for a PSA test. Yeah. That will give you and them a clear idea of whether there is any likelihood that you have it. If you don't, well and good. There are also false uh, indications. So getting an indication doesn't necessarily mean you've got it, but yeah. you then go the next step and you have a biopsy done and they find out whether you've got the cancer or not. Yeah. The thing to remember with um, prostate cancer is if you're going to get a cancer as a man, that's the one to get because it is so treatable. Something like 95% um, of men are successful. Yeah. Okay. So it's not a death sentence by any means. A lot of people actually never have an operation they have treatment for the rest of their life and that might be as well a reason like why people don't go for checkups because they feel like they don't want the bad news because they think it is going to be a death sentence and yes. that's like kind of ridiculous because like if you don't go then you, you're, you're going to die really, really going to die <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, I, and, and I've had an overwhelming number of men my age that I know once they've found out I've gone for it have come to me and started talking to me about it and saying um what can I do? What do you recommend? And that's what I recommend. Have the PSA test. See where you're going. It, it really is the first step. And yeah. it's by no means um, the last step. 
the very stages and, and honestly it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Would you recommend younger men doing it as well though, the tests? Um, I don't know really. I, I just know that it, it's something that older men get. Um, you don't hear of young men getting prostate cancer. Yeah, well, like, well, for instance, my friend Jay, he was uh, 42, a year older than me. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, yeah, he had it in his prostate. Well, you know, well, I think and, maybe uh, you've got to look at your body. It was bladder cancer, but it was in his prostate too. And, um, Did he have problems urinating? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I think maybe then you've got to look at your body. If you start to have problems and you're very young, go and have it checked up. Yeah. You know? The men are less likely to go to a doctor than women. Yeah. Um, because it's not macho. Yeah. I would rather be able to function in my 70s yeah. because I went to a doctor than regret it for the rest sure. of my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you, you heard him, guys. If you're listening to this and you are a bit worried and, yeah, there's some, some changes or something you've noticed for a while, like, like Jay, he, uh, he had these, these feelings for quite a few years where he was always needed to go to the toilet and that people make a he said that people make a joke of it like Jay's going to the toilet again but actually that he uh, he actually should have gone for a checkup and then obviously I think he went for a checkup and then came back with an all clear but then he said if you still don't feel good go for another checkup get a second opinion because you only know yourself as well as yourself so yeah I think uh, well, thank you very much for, for, for talking about your experience about this. Um, so, nothing I'd like to sort of like to wrap up on it as well. Actually, because obviously, like you've been through a lot over the last couple of years with with uh, with COVID, with, with sort of the lockdown and recovering from being an, an addict as yeah. well, and uh, also having this operation as well. I mean, COVID like, three times. COVID three times. Okay. <laughs> How was your mental health? Uh, been through all of this and now uh, you don't have to answer that mm. but I mean like how I mean how are you managing your mental health and like what sort of things do you do to I think we personally um, one of the best things is, is going to the gym uh, working out training I set goals for myself I think I told you that um, when I turned 70 I want to do a 700 kilometer yeah. hike in 10 days so 70 kilometers a day pushing yourself like that giving yourself goals and targets um, and achieving them or even failing you know yeah. I mean I might not make 10 days I might make one day and think oh that's it I'm giving up yeah but I'm gonna give it a go yeah and when you do do something and you've lifted a weight or you and you've, you've pushed yourself and you've done something you never thought you could do that gives you an incredible buzz you also develop endorphins which are natural hormones that make you feel good after you've exercised yeah. hard. They are a reward at the end of your exercise. Yeah. And that makes you feel good and lifts you for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so uh, I said to you I couldn't meet you this morning because I was at the gym, I'm yeah. a personal trainer. And after that I went and did a 12 kilometer walk, power walk. There we go. And you know, I'm gonna do one later on tonight. And all of that, uh, that helps me to stay positive and focused. Um, I have a wonderful partner as well. Yeah. There we go. And what about creativity? Oh, I love my art. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the one thing about the art, though, is it is quite insular. Because it's so small and so focused, it's something I do in quiet time. And I just paint. And I, I paint for as long as I want to. Sometimes 
10, 12 hours at the stretch. Yeah. You know, go downstairs, eat, or get food brought to me. And because you're so wrapped up in it. Yeah. And, and focus on it. it. It's meditation, isn't it? And it like, is. When you, yeah. when you say you do this, tw- so when you, when you lose 12 hours uh, at your desk doing your painting, like those 12 hours have been so therapeutic for you because you or for me at least like I know that I can like make some amazing life decisions while I'm thinking or not thinking you know and then like yeah just things like pieces of the puzzle fit together once you're in that state of flow I think possibly younger listeners will, will uh, identify with playing computer games where yeah. you're on the game and you, it feels like you've been there half an hour and you look back and you've been there three or four hours yeah time flies and it's because you're so focused you're so into what you're doing yeah um, and you, you forget everything yeah. just recedes into the background and you, you don't worry everything clears you know your mind's clear it's good oh well so Brock actually I think I suppose that we've got quite a bit we've, we've chatted for 43 minutes um, I'll be edited down time flows. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I might edit it down a little bit and see what happens um, but yeah thank you very much it was a pleasure talking to you and I know you've got a lot more stories to tell so maybe we'll have you back on the uh, on the podcast again sometime um, but thank you very much it's been very insightful and thank you very much for uh, for anyone that might be worrying out there who you may have like just given them that encouragement and that if they'd like to contact me yeah and okay. um, uh, my uh, email address contact me for, through that is Brock McLeod I'll spell it for you B-R-O-C-H M-A-C-L-E-O-D at gmail.com just drop me a line um, with a telephone number if you want and I will give you a call and we can chat and see how things go um, I'm not a qualified therapist I can only tell you my experience and uh, those are people that I've, I've talked to um, but it, it, it'll make you feel more comfortable I think amazing that's so generous of you um, okay well I'll also put uh, guys I'll put that his email in the show notes and description as well so you can get hold of him there and don't forget if, if anybody ends up um, with drugs um, there are loads of organisations that can help you um, personally I went to the uh, NSA which uh, helped me initially um, and I went there for a couple of months uh, to recover and there's a fellowship there and it's, it's good amazing well you you smashed it man and well done um, congratulations for becoming sober and I know obviously an, an, an addiction journey is always up and down and you know like uh, yeah so I'm you know proud of you <laughs> I'm proud of me too yeah cheers boss cheers. all right yeah, okay I think we'll sign off now maybe blow some more bubbles in our coffee Hello legends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast this week and yes, and yeah, it's been a it's been a long one, we're almost up to the hour point and I never really get past 45 minutes usually um, so well done for, for hanging in there um, also thank you so much for bearing with the audio quality in the cafe that's something I've learnt this week um, that I'm going to try and see if I can invest in some better recording equipment for those kinds of situations uh, because it was a bit of a struggle editing this one um, but yeah that's why I need support guys on the Karma Car project so I can buy stuff like that <laughs> um, but yeah so thank you so much and and if there's anything in this podcast that has got you thinking and you want to speak to Brock or you want to talk to me or um, if you need to reach out to a professional please do like um 
that is all very welcome and yeah i'll put brock's details in the show notes and you can you can get me on my email in the show notes as well if you need to have a chat about anything or if you want to ask any questions but yeah all right well i hope you guys have an amazing amazing rest of your week and i will be back next wednesday i had a lot more i wanted to speak about actually but we are running out of time and uh, i've got quite a few things that are unfolding at the moment so i'm just gonna just gonna let that happen trust in the process and hopefully i'll be able to come back with uh, some amazing stuff next week to tell you oh one thing before i forget uh, I have had a lot of people inquire about my latest paintings, which are for sale. So um, if you want to head to my Etsy, that's another thing that people have been asking is about that they, they wanted me to put my paintings as the digital printables on my Etsy. So they are all available now on my Etsy. I've updated them all with some nice mock-up photos, so they look really good. And yeah, just please follow the follow the Etsy as well and give it some feedback and reviews that would be amazing too but yeah if you uh, want to pick up one of my newest paintings there all of the, everything's up to date now on my Etsy check that out and yes if you do want to inquire about any of the originals uh, that are up uh, please get in touch and we can discuss business right guys have an amazing amazing rest of the week and I will catch you next Wednesday Mwah!